Finally, Pilch has come back to the Triple R podcast. And join with me as always, my two co-hosts, Chris Lee. How you doing, sir? <laughs> I did not expect you to do that. I was, I that expect- really caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm th- thanks for having me back. Uh, oh, boy. I had, a, I had a rough one, guys. He almost lost me. Uh, I actually got the COVID. But uh, thankfully, it wasn't that bad and uh, made it through it. Everybody's good. So uh, I'm ready to talk some wrestling again. Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely good to have you back, Chris. Chris, we're all happy to have you back, man. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same without you. We missed you last week, of course. And uh, Warren, how are you doing today, bud? Uh, I, was, I was doing fine until that intro. But other than that, uh, I'm doing well. Um Glad to have uh, the three of us back on the the Triple R podcast here. Uh, me and Pilch held it down uh, last week for two episodes, but uh, it's good to have the three of us back to talk about some uh, some wrestling. Yeah, I know it doesn't seem like uh, well, I guess for the audience, nothing's really changed. You know, the episodes are still coming out the same. Uh, I haven't spoken to Chris in about two weeks, and Warren, you about a week, so it is good to be back for sure. Absolutely. You know, real life happened, unfortunately, to all three of us. And, yeah. you know, it's just good to be back here doing our normal thing. So thanks for uh, joining me as always, gentlemen. Anytime. Anytime. Of course. So with that being said, we do have a little bit of somber news that I think all three of us agreed that we wanted to talk about before we went into this. And um, there was a, a death that happened two days ago. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, and I know Chris and Warner are a big fan as well, uh, John Huber, better known as Luke Harper or Brody Lee, depending on which promotion you follow better, uh, unfortunately passed away from a lung issue. They say it's uh, not COVID-related. Um, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family for sure. And uh, speaking personally, is one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW right now and it's a very tragic loss in my opinion and you know if there's anything you guys would like to say please feel free by all means you go ahead first uh chris i would gladly go ahead um r.i.p to the great john huber Brody lee luke harper whatever you want to call him i mean he was a, a phenomenal performer i loved him as luke harper i was when you know all the stuff he did with the wyatt family all the stuff he did when he had his little singles running he got the ic title um the man could he could work i'm telling you this man could work and big man powerful and very agile not a lot of people you know you wouldn't expect that from a man his size but he could he could dive he could take the bumps he you know he's in a couple different ladder match situations and um you know just uh, amazing to watch him work um i thought he could have used a little more uh i guess respect in the wwe i felt like they he was very underutilized after a while which was kind of a, a, a shame on wwe's part but you know he found new life over with the new promotion at AEW, and you know the, the Brody Lee, you know, the Exalted One gimmick was very well received. Um, and he got to showcase his talents once again. Held gold over there in AEW. Could have hold, was most likely going to hold even more, you know, throughout his career there. But unfortunately, this freak illness took him out way too soon. And it's just, it is a shame. I, I you know, saw it on Instagram and... Um, you know, I, I follow a lot of different uh, wrestling, you know, uh, uh, Instagram accounts, just, you know, clips and different articles and stuff like that. When I started seeing in my feed all these pictures of Brody Lee and like in my, you know, the search is just all these things of Brody Lee, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What? Ha- like, is this just like, you know, it? May- I was like, please let it be his birthday. Please let it be something good because I couldn't, you know, unfortunately, when I read what was going on, I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. So it really hit me 
hit me hard. I really liked him. Um, it's just a shame, and I feel really bad, and heart goes out, and you know my condolences and thoughts and prayers and all that stuff. But it's just this is terrible. This year needs to end. It really does. So, um, I could sit here and talk about how much I enjoyed him as a performer. Um, I was able to find some of his clips and stuff before he got into the WWE or when he just broke into the WWE, some of his early stuff from, from the Indies, especially in Jakara. Um, and I think he might've even been, did a run in CZW. Um, maybe even over at, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla PWG. Um, I can sit here and talk about that because that's you saw what he was able to do uh, in the ring. I think the biggest piece to to Luke Harper, aka Brody Lee, um, the outpouring of respect. And shock and nothing but nice, pleasant things that every single wrestler posted on social media um, after the announcement came out was really um, very touching. And uh, it is it is uh, sad. It's a shame that he wasn't able to. Um, do more with this run post WWE to really showcase his skills. Um, I, I do think that his run in WWE should have, or could have been a, a lot better than it was. Um, but I mean, he made, made the most of it, uh, with, with what they, they gave him. Um, I was so ecstatic to come to find out that he was going to be the exalted one and the leader of the dark order which I was a fan of the Dark Order from day one. Um, it was uh, just a, sh a shock and a gut punch um, that we saw um, yesterday from the time of this recording. Um, but yes, uh, definitely condolences out to his wife. He's got a young son. Um, I even saw somebody posted um, that AEW at some point did a spot, not on TV, it was a dark match, but where his son actually pinned, was it Kenny Omega for the title? And they, I mean, whoever was in the crowd, they really played it up like he won the AEW title. Um, so that was really nice of them uh, to do that. I don't know if this was while Brody was out or before he went out or whatever the case. Um, but everybody, everybody had nothing but but nice things to say about him as a person inside and outside of the ring. Um, good old Jr. even spent the day. Uh, Today, the day of the recording, over at his house with his uh, with his younger son or his young son, um, so uh, yeah, it's a sh it's a shame we won't get to see more of him. It's going to be very uh, eerie and and strange to come to see uh, Dynamite come. Well, this is coming out Wednesday, so it'll be tonight. To see Dynamite tonight and what the the response is going to be on there, because um, it just seems like everybody that crossed paths with him was just uh, a fan and uh, a friend of his. So definitely rest in peace, Brody Lee. You know, I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Is going through social media, you saw an outpouring of love from. People like Anna Jay, someone, you know, 21 years old, fresh from the business that whether it was looked up to Brody or John or whatever you want to call him as a mentor. And then you had someone as established as Chris Jericho that talked about how great of a guy he was. And I think that just makes the impact he had in the business that much stronger. And uh, he will definitely be missed. And, you know, I think 
we should have a quick moment of silence just to honor his memory. All right. So with that being said, uh, this is our, what did we decide it was? The eighth pre-show and ninth pre-show? I forget. Ninth pre-show. Ninth pre-show. So this week, um, we are going to be talking about SummerSlam 1998. It was chosen by yours truly. A uh, very regrettable decision, as you guys will all find out about. <laughs> late late 80s wrestling was, was much different than we, uh, than we remembered. Now that we're actually watching it with adult eyes instead of youth eyes, I think it's... Uh, it's it's different. And I mean you guys, geez, you guys weren't even probably don't even remember anything. You guys were probably a year old. Yeah, I was one year old when this I, actually I don't even know if I was a year old. I was like half a year old when this came out. Yeah. So um yeah. Young. Uh, it came out August twenty nine, nineteen eighty eight. you were like thirty two, Warren? Thirty three? Me, I was five. Um, but with that being said, but I, we, we had. A- I may have watched it. I may have watched it live. I don't remember. My dad always had the tapes of every pay per view, so even yeah. if I didn't do it live, I saw it on tape. Right. Your dad- we may have had this on tape. We definitely had it on tape. Warren Lister, Dugan Lee, the uh, original tape trader of eighties, nineties oh, yeah. wrestling. Those actually, those tapes are still. They should still be at that Bonheim house. Well, they are. They are not. Um, I want to say my friend, uh, friend of the show, my friend Khalid, out of uh, out of the blue, wanted to borrow some of the tapes. I don't. I don't remember if I ever got them back. Hmm. I know. I know for a fact because I lived in that house a little after before we got rid of it and definitely some tapes still up there. Okay. Yeah. I know he borrowed some. I don't remember if he, I knew he, I knew he borrowed some of them and he probably still, you know, nobody has a VCR anymore. So I couldn't even, well, well, that's true. I couldn't even check and see if they were still watchable. Mm -hmm. It's it's like finding a crate of E tracks. Like, yeah. (laughs) 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 But, uh, Warren, I'll give it to um, you first. Yeah, this this was a rough one, man. This was a rough one to watch. Warren, what are you most excited about in this uh, particular pay per view? Um, to oh, let's skip over the obvious. Obviously, you want to see the mega powers form against the mega bucks. Sure. Um, that's the that's the main event. Um, there's a lot of good tag wrestling on this this pay per view. Um. Demolition against the Heart Foundation. Uh, we got the Powers of Pain versus. Well, we'll skip over that one. Uh, <laughs> we got the British Bulldogs and the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Um, and it, no, it's not Ragu. It's Rougeau. Uh, Ragu. I like Bilch's pronunciation of it. Fabulous <laughs> um, Spaghetti Sauce Brothers. Spaghetti <laughs> Sauce Brothers. Um, so some good tag team wrestling. <laughs> Some good tag team wrestling. Uh, Rick Rude's going to be taking on Junkyard Dog. I'm was interested to see that. Um, but as as we kind of all mentioned, this was a rough pay per view to get through. Um, and it just in the the middle, somewhat in the beginning. I was I was a decent fan of the the first match. Outside of I mean, we'll get into it on Sunday. But uh, the middle was really like dragged on to get through. Um, yep. But yeah, that, yeah <laughs> there's yep. really not much else you can say about that. So we'll um, we'll see how it goes down on Sunday. All right, Chris, what about you? Oh boy! I mean, on paper, I was real excited about. The demolition versus the Heart Foundation match. I was excited, obviously, about the Mega Powers. You know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage versus Andre and Ted. Um, you know, real excited to see some more Grade A Randy Savage tag team action. Um, <laughs> he did. He did live up to the hype. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Ultimate Warrior and Honky Tonk Man, like on paper, I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. And I mean, I won't, no spoilers yet. We'll save it for the episode. But uh, a lot of these were pretty disappointing, if I don't say so myself. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it in the episode, but I. I think this is going to be a real quick episode. We might we we might actually make forty five minutes on the next episode. <laughs> we might even get a half hour. I don't know. That'll, that'll be a record for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking back through it. Um, you could tell me that you know mankind, The Rock, faced Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I don't know Cody Rhodes, and I would believe you because I don't really remember anything that I watched. Yeah, a lot. It was a lot of forgettable stuff. But um, you know, obviously the the Mega Powers match was the one that you know drew us into this pay per view, and we'll talk about it. But man, this pre show, we're not doing a good job of selling this next episode. We're not. <laughs> it's gonna be a record <laughs> low viewership. Nah, I mean, you guys, to our listeners, if you guys want to skip the next one, like it's okay. You don't need to. <laughs> But we also don't want to. We don't want to lie to our our triple. Right. I, I, I hear you, but I mean, I don't know. We're just not. We're not really selling it. Anyway, let's let's pivot a little bit. Let's go into current events here. Uh, last Sunday, at this time of recording, was uh, the 2020 variant of WWE's TLC. Uh, we had a pretty, in my opinion, it might have been the pay-per-view of the year for the WWE. Um, we had a great card. Pay-per-view of the year. Mm. Uh, even the pre-match was okay. I don't think it was great, but pre-match set up something that happened the next Thursday or the next Friday. SmackDown on Fridays now? Yeah. The next Friday. SmackDown you know, is on Friday. Can, uh, we, can we talk about it? Because I'm really excited about that. Yeah, we can. Um, I'm just going to run through the card real quick and then, uh, I'll kick it back to you guys to give your thoughts on the overall pay-per-view, what you like the best, yada, yada. Uh, the pre-show, we had a eight man tag match, which featured Biggie, Daniel Bryan, uh, Shorty G, uh, Chad Gable and Otis versus King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro and Shinsuke, who has just been buried beyond all belief at this point. <laughs> Uh, the winners of this match were Big E, Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable. Sorry, and that was for the pairing of Shane Sorry about that. Uh, then we moved into the actual pay-per-view, which was our first title match of the evening. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles. Uh, TLC match. Longest match of the night. Great match, in my opinion. Uh, we had a run-in from The Miz. He was cashed in his money in the bank and immediately just got dumped over the top rope through a table like an infant. And uh, <laughs> we saw Drew McIntyre retain that match, which I thought, you know, is the right move. Third match of the evening, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. We had talked about this a little off air. I thought Carmella actually looked very good in the ring. You know, she held her own very well. Um, I would have been shocked if Sasha Banks dropped the belt here. She did not. So she retained um, fourth match of the evening, Hurt Business versus the New Day Tag Team Championship match for the Raw Tag Team titles. Yes. Uh, Hurt Business comes out on top with kind of an interesting finish that I think at least one of you will bring up. If not, I'll, I'll circle back to it. Um, then we had Asuka versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, WWE Tag Team Championship match, though the women's side uh her her part oscar's partner was a mystery partner which i accurately predicted i have text message proof in case anyone cares that it was going to be charlotte flair uh which it was and they won pretty handedly in my opinion um charlotte flair looked like she was you know had was superman and everyone else was just citizens of metropolis in that match um after that, we had the SmackDown Championship match, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Um, my opinion, probably match of the night. I thought Kevin Owens looked great, even though he got, you know, the, the tar kicked out of him. 
I have a few lingering thoughts on that match. I I don't know if I really want to discuss it in depth, but and then the, the headliner of the evening, which I thought was a very interesting headliner till the very end, was uh, Randy Orton versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Inferno match. Uh, no no title on the line. I, mean, I guess just bragging rights, and then we realized why this was the last match of the evening was because Randy Orton beat the fiend and then set him on fire and did the Randy Orton pose on the ramp to close up the pay-per-view. Like I said, all in all, I thought it was a, one of the better things WWE has put on in a long time. I know I'm overly critical of a lot of the stuff that they do, uh, mostly because I feel like their weekly programming is borderline unwatchable especially raw it's you it's three hours of nonsense um smackdown's usually a little better but uh yeah i thought they nailed it here um you know the my low point being i i don't like this oscar and charlotte flair tag team i love charlotte i love oscar um i don't like to see them working together i just think it's weird and the high part of the evening for me being that we are continuing this Roman Reigns heel turn and they Kevin Owens has been mired in this mid card role for a while. And I thought they did a great job building it up, building him up as a legitimate threat to the championship. So, you know, hats off WWE for putting on a great pay-per-view. There wasn't a point in time throughout watching this where I thought about turning it off or I couldn't take any more. I thought it was great. Um, I guess I'll go to Ward first. Uh, go ahead. What were your thoughts on the uh, the entire card? So before we before I get to my thoughts on the card, um, when you watched SummerSlam this week, how long did you get through before? How how long did it take you to watch this entire paper that entire pay per view? Took me four days, Warren. <laughs> yeah, just as a just as a comparison piece to to this TLC pay per view, um, I again we we fell into some real life stuff, so I did not actually uh, watch the pay-per-view, but saw all the results and highlights and whatnot on the social. Um, I wasn't really surprised by any of the results. Um, maybe the hurt business, um, but I was very happy to see that they won their, the tag uh, titles there. Um, and we've we've sung the Herb Business's praise on this podcast before. Um, I think the three of us uh, fully enjoy what they have going on, and um, it's a uh, nice for for Shelton and Cedric to get their their uh, comeuppance and win the straps uh, f- for two guys that we really enjoy watching in the ring. I've always liked watching Shelton in the ring, even from from day one of him coming into the WWE. Um, the Miz cashing in on the 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 TLC match. Um, I just I don't know what they did or why they chose to do the 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 Money in the Bank uh, like this. Um, they put it on Otis at WrestleMania. Otis fell out of favor, so they put it on the Miz. But then he cashes in in this way in in the least opportune moment for him, and, uh, and Drew McIntyre comes out on top. So now we just oh, now it's done until we get around to the next uh, Money in the Bank pay per view or next time we do WrestleMania or whatever the case. Um, I think it's just a waste. Uh, but I mean, good on Drew for for retaining his title. Um, Pilch did call the Sasha the the Charlotte Flair mystery opponent for Oscar. Um, again, not surprised, but I'm just I've never been a fan of throwing two singles wrestlers together as a tag team. I have always preferred a 
actual tag team, like when you have a team like the Riot Squad and you had a team like the Iconics, um, I, I know you're kind of hurting in the women's division for tag teams, but geez, you have at you have and had actual tag teams together. I mean, even Bailey and Sasha made sense because they were, you know, they're they're such good friends. Um, Oscar and Charlotte's kind of, is not kind of it is just a random throwing together of two people, and I think it's just going to be them working towards an eventual match uh, against each other, maybe at WrestleMania. Um, the, the head of the table, Roman Reigns beating Kevin Owens, uh, par for the course, he's going to keep his dominance going. And I really do want to go back and watch the, uh, Firefly Inferno match just to see what nonsense they came up with. Um, I did end up seeing how Randy Orton set him on fire and then the the promo after where on I want to say it was at the end of Raw where uh Orton was confronted by Alexa Bliss and Bliss said that he's gonna come back and be something that he's never seen before. So interested to see what the what the mind of Bray Wyatt's gonna be in this incarnation after he was set on fire. Um I heard nothing but good things about this pay-per-view, uh, top to bottom. Um, and we'll get to our, our the next big thing that happened on SmackDown uh, after we're done talking about this. Yeah, so I think the WWE d- did two things here very well. I think they painted themselves into two corners. One being the Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm-hmm. Put it on Otis. They realized, like, Otis, like, I like Otis, but he he's not that great in the ring, and he's not someone that you can put the championship on and ask him to carry the company. So they took it, they gave it to Miz, and they gave... So, I, I know you didn't watch the match, but what ended up happening is, you know, AJ Styles is laid out, Drew McIntyre is, like, on his last leg, Miz comes in, hits Drew with the chair, he's got John Morrison with him, he cashes in, and it looks like the Miz is going to win, right? And then it just goes all horribly wrong for him from that point. John Morrison picks a fight with Omos, you know. It just it. So they got themselves out of that predicament, like they're that they washed their hands of that. Mm-hmm. I think, and then at the main event, they they don't know what to do with the Fiend anymore. Like since the Fiend Goldberg match, they they've made it so they have this guy. That was supposed to be like unbeatable, feels no pain, and they they had him lose to a sixty year old Goldberg. So he his credibility is out the window. Like they don't know what to do with him anymore. So I think having Randy Orton beat him, light him on fire, and start again was genius. Like it's exactly what they needed to do there. And I think you know. WWE doesn't always nail it, but I think they nailed it in these two instances where they knew that they had painted themselves into a corner and they had to get out of it. And they got out of both with them making legitimate sense. Okay. I mean, mean, that's a a critical look at it. I mean, I just, I felt more like it was just the, the Orton fiend match. I just thought it was a dope ass match. Like I just thought, you know, this is just um, like I'm thinking the fiend is more of like he is the new undertaker like he's the new like undead kind of gothic or not gothic or like uh, what's the word supernatural like entity of the WWE that the undertaker was for so long it's like you know yes he he seems unbeatable, you know. Yes, he he wins a lot of matches, but he still, you know, every now and then he does lose, and then he'll do these, you know, crazy matches, and then he'll like disappear disappear for a little bit. Like Undertaker when they did the first like buried alive, you know, he, uh, you know, was it with um, was what mankind, right? Yeah, I believe so. It's buried, right. and then 
you know, his hand kind of his hand stick or the he gets buried. Then they have to do the thing with the lightning bolt on the tombstone that's at where he gets buried, and his hand sticks up and yeah. fades back down. And then he's like gone for a while. It's like when does the Undertaker come back? Like blah blah blah. blah. Like you know. It's so mysterious. Anytime he did like a casket match or anything like that, you know, it's just like this is just what that was what The Undertaker did. It was like, you know, he would have these crazy spectacular matches, um, you know, spectacular gimmick matches, and he'd disappear for a little bit. But then he'd come back and he'd reinvent himself, you know. But and- the thing the thing with that was they actually gave him a chance to be away. They actually gave the fans a chance to miss him mm-hmm. and he wouldn't be around. Um, This is the first time with this, uh, with him being set on fire that they've actually let the fiend be away from everything. And, and plus what you get, when you have another piece in it with Alexa bliss, you don't need to bring the fiend out week in and week out. Right. Right. Um, Exactly. He could be just like the Bray Funhouse. Guy. But not even that. You don't even need that. You have, you have a mouthpiece finally that can that can speak for him. And do the house stuff. Do the Alexa Bliss's playground stuff. Let the fiend be show up when he needs to show up instead of trying to show up every single week on Monday Night Raw. Right. I agree. Completely. I think it's more. I I feel like they they've run out of stuff to do with the the funhouse side of it. I think the fiend side of it, they haven't explored enough. Well, they, they I, I, ran I, I, out of uh, the outside because they had it out there every single week. I, I disagree. I think if when you had the fiend lose to Goldberg, that killed that character. In my in my yeah, opinion. that that didn't. I don't know if it necessarily killed it because, like, the Undertaker. Listen. Other than the streak, but who Undertaker did, lost matches? Sure, I mean, yeah, he absolutely did. But it didn't but kill he, the character. He didn't how lose. Does, how does he didn't lose to a uh, an over the hill legend character like Goldberg? Like I love Goldberg. Don't get me wrong. I love the Who's Next, the streak. I love it. But you you cannot build up someone to be a main event heel and have him lose to a part timer. Mm-hmm. That's sixty-five years old. It just it, it crushes the credibility of the character. Okay. I get I, I under okay, that aspect. Okay, I hear I hear what you're saying there. I get I can get behind that. And the Undertaker didn't take losses that the the only time Undertaker took losses like where you really didn't expect it were when the streak ended or who else beat him at WrestleMania? Roman Reigns. It was Reigns, 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 Lesnar, and um, is it only two? Right? Yeah. So it'll be Reigns and Lesnar. So those those would be the only time that would be like, oh wow, I didn't expect him to lose. He lost at other pay per views. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a time where it was like, why did he lose to so and so? Like he lost to Shawn Michaels in in the cell in the very first Hell in the Cell when Kane debuted. Nobody thought anything of it then. Well, um, Kane debuted. That's, that was the. That's part of my point too. Is if let's say it, it to me it's booking right. Like let's say that the Fiend lost to Roman Reigns here for the Universal Title, and Roman Reigns just absolutely just a like beat the ever loving tar out of him like hit him with a chair repeatedly you know threw him through a table just beat him to the point where he couldn't get up anymore then that that Mm -hmm. character still has that mystique to it to lose to lose clean in the middle of the ring but there's no sort of like outside forces nothing that's what killed it it's you know, you, it it's just in my opinion, and this is where what where WWE loses the mark sometimes. It, it's bad booking, like it, right? It's not it's not right. that you have your top heel just absolutely obliterating some. Like if Undertaker <clears throat> lost to Roman Reigns when he, when while he's doing this tribal chief like head of the table, I'm only using Roman Reigns because it's you know current and everyone understands what's going on. If 
he lost because of three Jey Uso splashes, a chair shot to the head, you know, spear through a table, couldn't see straight, and it was a one, two, three. And then while Roman Reigns going back to the locker room and he, he sat back up, everyone would be like, okay, that makes sense. But to have someone that you're, you're portraying to be like a supernatural kind of feels no pain heel to lose clean in the middle of the ring to someone that's a part-time player in the company, it, it, you you crushed him. And I think... I. I think they they painted him into a corner where they didn't know where else to go with him because the the fans don't believe that he is that person that he is supposed to be, and I think this is this was a good way out for them, and that's why I, I would applaud it, be, it. Would it be different in your in your 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 thought process if Goldberg was still Goldberg? Like oh, not saying if he was full time, but one hundred percent. Like if Goldberg was never ruined, and like Goldberg was still that he's never been defeated, he's still you know you know this powerhouse that went out on top, blah blah blah. If Goldberg was still that, one hundred percent. But okay, but he's not. But the fact that Goldberg wasn't, you know, they WCW towards the end ruined it, and then um, you know he wasn't really unstoppable when he was in his wwe run it kind of takes it away well i i think the it's the part-time part that it's the part-time of it that is the issue not so much that it was goldberg not so much that if goldberg and i know it would be hard for goldberg to go full-time at 50 60 years old no no i'm not expecting him too that's why i'm that's why i'm leaving the part-time aspect out of it yeah, it, it, I don't think the issue was so much of who it was. Um, you could insert anybody in there, but if that person is a part-time, if regardless if they're a legend or not, mm-hmm. that brings down your full-time, day-to-day star right. if you're willing to put over that part-time person in the way that they did. Right, and I'm glad you brought that up because right. I would feel the exact same way if this mat if you took Goldberg out and inserted The Rock. Okay. Be- be- okay. Because of exactly what Warren said is it's not so much the person, it's the fact that this is a, a part-time player that's getting over your main event draw. Clean in the middle of the ring without any outside interference. Right. It's just that's a good example. Okay, so that makes more I'm using the rock okay, that makes a lot more sense to me other than the gold like the Goldberg example. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. So for instance, if you take the Undertaker in two thousand, right? And right. you bring back the ultimate warrior and they right. have a match at WrestleMania and the ultimate warrior beats the Undertaker, you don't think that would have taken some mystique away from him i think it would have oh yeah it definitely would have it definitely would have not to not take anything away from the ultimate warrior you know no you can take no No. take as much as you want away from the ultimate warrior i mean you can take away what you want but i mean he was still a phenomenon nonetheless it's just phenomenon yes it but that's you know that that that's the landscape that we're we live in now is that you can't it when you're trying to book your company for day-to-day operations you cannot take someone that is there every once in a while and beat someone that you are building to be this unbeatable force it's almost like if you took harley race during goldberg's run and he was the guy that beat him at 80 and 0 and goldberg was 80 and 1 you would have been like what yeah what the what are they doing? I mean, that, Vince Russo, don't put it past him. He probably would have tried it. But I'm just saying. <laughs> and I get, I mean, I get the mystique of a, of a part-time person coming in for a match against somebody who is full-time. How many times have we brought up the fact that we want to see the Rock and Roman Reigns at, at, at WrestleMania this year? Uh, I'm not against part-timers, but... Oh, 
there's just there's a way to do it if you want to put that part timer over. And how they did it with Goldberg and the Fiend was not the way. Right. But I also think like if The Rock beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I think that would make sense. I don't know. It's just it's the way it's booked. Yes, it depends on it, and it depends on if think it makes sense or not. Though I think that that would affect it a lot. True. Anyhow, before we get, before we get too long winded here, uh, did you have any more thoughts about the pay per view, Chris, that we haven't already gotten to? Um, only that I, I just I'm real excited about the hurt business, and um, I'm real excited to see if. The rumors are true about a certain someone joining the Hurt Business because that would be insane. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about Keith Lee joining the Hurt Business. I just think that would be, I think my head would explode if that happened. Well, um, I'm glad. But I'm yeah, glad I didn't catch. I missed the the Drew McIntyre ladder match. Um, I came in late, so I, the the first match that I saw was Hurt Business and New Day, and I thought that was great. So, and I yeah, I I'm like I like the finish of it. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because um, I did want to quickly discuss because we are maybe three weeks away from the Royal Rumble at this point. And uh, WWE has to reset here because they're going to have to get a whole new card together very quickly, as they always do, because they do one pay-per-view a month, which is something that I'm not a huge fan of. But, you know, it's it's their business model. It is what it is. Um. I can't take credit for this because I heard it from a different YouTube channel, which is called the Squared Circle Psycho Babble, which is one of my favorite YouTube channels. If you ever in the market to listen to two random dudes talk about wrestling, and they're actually very good. But they they discussed the possibility of Keith Lee being demoted to the Performance Center is not a demotion, but a way for him to come off television to kind of repackage him i think that's kind of been debunked already because he's been back every week since he got demoted but um they spun it as a way that he would join i think probably our favorite our favorite stable which i mean i know it's my favorite stable in wwe i don't know about you guys but you know he would join the hurt business as their main event kind of championship level talent and that would be keith lee and i'm i'm here to put it on recording is i i think that's a fantastic idea i i would love to see cousin keith suited up brawling with drew mcintyre in full here full full heel form with mvp as a microphone i to me that that why they haven't done that already is beyond me because as as soon as I heard someone say that, well, I think his name was Michael Valeni or Steve Valeni, one of the two guys from that, that particular show. Steve Valeni. Yeah, their last <laughs> names are Valeni. Um <laughs> I sat there and I was just like, Yeah, yes, do that. And so I guess my next topic was early favorites for title matches at the Royal Rumble. This isn't my, I don't know if I'm predicting this will happen. It's just what I want to happen. I would love to see Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre. Heal Keith Lee versus babyface Drew McIntyre, I think would be fantastic. And as far as Roman Reigns goes, I guess Daniel Bryan, maybe? I I don't really know mm-hmm. what to do with Roman right now. <clears throat> I don't know if there's anyone that that is on that level. I thought Kevin Owens did a great job, as I as I had said earlier, but I don't know if there's if he has someone that could rise to that level to give him a legitimate threat. But um, how close? With that being said, let me let me give it to. I want to give it to Warren first. You know where do where do you see who do you see challenging for the the big titles at? Royal Rumble. Do you have any thoughts? Um, I 
I, I agree with you. I would love to see Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. Um, and I would love to see it turn out to where cousin Keith wins the strap and joins the herd business. I think that'll be very good for business. Um, I do have a question though. How close is the other Uso from coming back? One more time. I'm sorry. I, I missed it. How close is Jimmy? Jimmy coming back. He's coming back. I think within the month, I thought they, they put it at like mid December, early January. So I think it should be any time now. So would he, would he be the next guy for Roman? Maybe. Or do we do that next month in February? Do that in February to lead to uh, Rock and a potential, we'll say, Rock and Roman at Mania. I would think. That I if, sure hope so, man. Would, if, if it's not Roman and Rock at Mania, I'd, I'll be so sad. I wouldn't see Jimmy fighting Roman. But I could see Jimmy coming back, getting in Roman's face, and then being like, "Now I'm, you know, I like something along the lines of like, you know, I'm not the one to that's going to be able to take you down. I know I can't. You've already proven that. But someone in the family needs to check you. And then boom, Rock's music hits, and then Rock comes down. Like he's like, "Hey, um, you know, basically like." I don't approve of what you're doing, and I tattled. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. And then Rock comes in to, like, check him and then does the point, and then you go into WrestleMania. I I think that Jimmy should come back, and the talk should be from Roman and from Jay for Jimmy to come and join them, let them be the, the trifecta that they grew up being, and maybe Jimmy's resistant to it, whatever the case. Maybe they do another fight, and if Jimmy loses, he has to join them, and then that's when Rock comes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they should definitely do a match. Um, at least that'll take care of, like I said, that'll take care of at least, if not if not Royal Rumble, then in the February pay-per-view. Um, oh, who's going to fight Asuka and Charlotte for the tag straps? Who knows? Maybe the Riot Squad, but... It's gotta be the Riot Squad. It has to be. The Riot Squad is so hot right now. They are. They are so hot. They right are. Now. Gotta get them. Um... So that's got to be uh, that's got to be next for them too. But like I said, I think the whole point of putting them two together is for them to break up and fight for Oscar's Raw Women's Title, maybe at WrestleMania. Um, Sasha again? Who knows who's going to fight Sasha now? Um, it's it's gonna are, be is she gonna be, it's gonna be Bailey, gonna be another Bailey run. Whoa, what about we're not Bianca? No, we're not gonna get Bianca in there. I think Bianca maybe come dangerously close, but I don't think she'll win. I, I we're on a collision course to a WrestleMania with Bailey and Sasha, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then how about if it's Bailey again? Either this month or either Royal Rumble or February's pay review. How about Bianca win the Royal Rumble? Ooh, I would like that. That would be good. She should have won the last last one. She really should have won the last. I thought she was going to win last one. Yeah, but they'll pull some shenanigans where Ronda Rousey will come back and win and nonsense. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! For as much as I know, you, I think both of you may question Shayna Baszler. <laughs> I don't think there's room for you guys to question Ronda. What do you mean? I oh, I think she's got the goods. You think Ronda has the goods? 
A hundred percent. What? Not not saying listen, not saying that she's better than Sasha, than Bailey, than um Charlotte, than Becky, than Oscar. Not better than, but if you're gonna talk about someone with star power, maybe her star power comes from outside of WWE, but it's star power nonetheless. To comparable in ring skills like she could she's legit in the ring there's no she she's not half-assing in there no okay no, I'd agree with that. but you know becky's I... coming back at wrestlemania right like it's gonna happen the the timeline no, no she would be back. oh she would 100 percent will be back at wrestlemania i don't think she'll be back by wrestlemania she just... no i don't she think she'll be she yeah she had a baby last month WrestleMania is in what March? March push in April. Yeah, no, I and that might be too. So maybe she comes back the day after mm. on that big, on that big Monday Night Raw. I don't think she's in play for WrestleMania. Man, I would I wouldn't even think about her coming back until like SummerSlam. That's what I would I would say SummerSlam. Okay, that's that's I think pushing it. I don't know, man. I just that's I, especially. I, I, I mean, how Hey, we're gonna what's, we're gonna get to what's in now. The two. So what's in between the two? Let's split the difference. Let's yeah. split the day. Anyhow, so after so, mania, with, with that all being said, <laughs> go ahead, Pilch. <laughs> so we are uh, today of recordings. What December twenty seventh? 27. Correct. So let's let's get into mm-hmm. our uh, 2021 wrestling wish list, and I I want this to be a quick segment because we've talked way longer than I thought we would about everything else. <laughs> Is I, I'm gonna pick a promotion, and I'm gonna kick it to you guys. I'll I'll take the last one myself, and I want you to tell me what you hope happens specifically in that promotion next year and okay i will start with chris Mm -hmm. what is your biggest hope and dream that happens in wwe next year in wwe yeah let's go i'm gonna say a strap a big strap on keith lee on universal world title doesn't matter but Keith Lee needs one of those two straps. Just I one. Think he's more than deserved it. Either, I mean, either one and hold it for more than, you know, a, a, a month. You know what I mean? Like, have a real good run with Keith Lee, which you very well could have. Um, I mean, it's possible they could give him both. Um, him joining a Hurt Business would be crazy, and they would be unstoppable. Like undisputed era in nxt unstoppable you know you know it could be like that like when they hold all the straps because what was it there was a undisputed had it was they had he had a adam cole had the main belt had the nxt title roddy had the north american right and then ag was on fish and and baby brother uh kyle riley kyle riley and like they were just running shop and I think Hurt Business is set up right now to do that. They already have U.S. title. They already have tag titles. And Keith Lee joins. He gets a strap. And then they're just they're running the show, whatever show they're on. You know, they could do it for either promotion or, you know, either um, either brand, I meant to say. You know, if, he, if they somehow end up going over to SmackDown. You know, they get an IC and whatever, whatever. Um, they could even try and get Big E to join. I don't know. Like, I, just, like, I don't know. Like, it could just, I just think Keith Lee getting a big, big belt would be my wish for WWE. Or Xavier Woods right. having a singles win. I think we can all agree on that. I think it's a good, uh, good wish for sure. Um, I know we had already talked about WWE, but I want to make it a little bit more specific. So, Warren, 
What's on your wish list for NXT this next year? Oh, what's on my wish list for NXT? Um, I think I want to see more Walter in NXT, honestly. Um, I'm such a big fan of his. Uh, we haven't seen much of him since uh since covid really haven't seen much of a lot of the the nxt uk guys um since covid i mean you'd have to watch and i really always say say this i need to make a point and watch more nxt uk um but we hadn't seen a lot of those guys it wasn't until uh this whole uh pat mcafee stuff where pete dunn came back um i still haven't seen tyler bait uh I know Trent Seven was in the recent Heritage Cup tournament over in the NXT UK, um, but I'd like to see more of of, of Walter and and the uh, Imperium in uh, in NXT uh, for twenty twenty one. I like that. I, I would like to see more of Walter too. I think uh, a lot of the guys in NXT UK are extremely underrated. So that would be hopefully this whole COVID thing blows over. At some point, and we can have more of that in the near future. Here, let me so, ask you, Pilch. What do you see uh, this year for AEW for 2021? Oof. Uh, so I, this is what I want to happen. And it's probably going to be pretty controversial, but I, I want to see the wrestling landscape changed a little bit. And if I was booking it, I would do it this way is I think that we've had Kenny Omega tease this whole collector gimmick where he's going to go to different promotions and win the belts. And I want to see him get to the top of the mountain where he's the impact champion. He's the triple a champion. He's the ring of honor champion. He's the new Japan champion and he's, he's won everything. By the way, if you have a spare minute in your life, the AAA championship match between Kenny Omega and Laredo Kid is probably one of the matches of the year. Just saying. Um, I would love to see him climb to the top of the mountain, and I would love to see Adam Page beat him for the title at Revolution or Full Gear next year. I just... I, I love Adam Page. I, he's, I think he's the future of... The company and i think that'd be great i would love to see sheeta drop the belt to Britt baker i know warren you're not a huge fan of Britt baker in the ring but i think she's the one woman yeah. on that roster that has the talking skills to carry the company um you know other than that i I like a lot of what AEW does. I think they do a lot of stuff that surprises me all the time. I, I like the fact that Darby Allen's a TNT champion. If he goes on a year-long reign, I'd be happy with that. Uh, the Young Bucks is the tag team champions. I have no issues there either. You know, I would like to see the Acclaimed win it eventually. I've told you guys how much I love the Acclaimed. They're like my favorite tag team in wrestling right now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just think... That uh, I, I want to see AEW build up their young talent more because I think they've done a good job of doing that thus far. I mean, they very well could have just rested on Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, you know, the, the Cody Rhodes, and they've they've done a good job of making sure that the young talent in the roster has been built up, and I hope they continue to do that. So that's on my wish list of 2021. That, that sounds good. I want to see Keith Lee join the Hurt Business to become the champion. But that's a story from the day. Another day. <laughs> All right, boys. So with that being said, we're going to get, get the hashtag out of here. Um, it was a great pre-show. We'll see everyone in about four days for our review of SummerSlam 1998. I want to thank Warren and Chris for joining me today. 
as always, I want to get all our uh, plugs in. On Instagram, you can find us at Triple R Pod. At Twitter, you can find us at Triple R Pod. On Facebook, we are at Chris. Do you know where we're at on Facebook? Uh, at Triple R Pod. Bingo. Uh, the, the website is www.triplerpodcast.com. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, um, you know, even if you want to know what uh, IPAs you should be drinking, send us an email. The real triple R podcast, gmail.com. We're happy to, more than happy to, you know, type up an email, shoot it back to you. You know, maybe you've been living your life wrong and I can help you out. So just let us know. Phil's giving out life advice now. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. That's what I like to adhere to. So with that being said, Pilch is. Pilch is living up to his, uh, his moniker. With that being said, uh, we wish all of you a happy holiday season and uh, have a great rest of your evening.